Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. I, I, I'm sorry I'm stumbling here, but Stefan just disappeared. I, I guess he decided to leave. Oh, he's back. Oh, oh that's bad. That's, that's bad. <laughs> I, hey, thought you had, I thought you had informed him to leave, personally, but... Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I just just can't stand to hear him breathe anymore. (laughs) Well, that's—I was going to think of something dark, but I'm like, no, maybe I (laughs) will. You you warned our guests, by the way, that we literally spend like an hour just making fun of each other, right? Just no, I don't. Okay, okay, you probably probably should set that precedent. Probably should. I probably should. Speaking of our guests, I should probably introduce who our guests are this week, right before they leave. Absolutely. Yes. So this week on the show, we have a Bare Naked Ladies podcast coming on to a Bare Naked Ladies podcast, joining us to discuss a song that they've kind of already discussed in in some realms. Um, We have Ephraim and Chris from Fully Clothed Men discuss Bare Naked Ladies. Did I get it right? Uh, There's no fully at the beginning of it. It's just clothed men (laughs) discuss Bare Naked Ladies. Though that is what I wanted to name our podcast originally. Because it's like like the fully clothed, bare, naked. I feel like it flows right, better. But, right. Yeah. yeah. Gets, but, gets an extra syllable in there. That makes sense. But it gives yeah. us creative freedom to right. actually not wear pants on when we're doing our podcast at that point. Because at that stage, you know, and in the world of Zoom, that's pretty good. Now, wait a minute. I, I great. To you. The additional now, freedom to be who you are and wear what you want is just, it, it allows your podcast to blossom. I haven't kept a tr- uh, record of this or anything, but I don't think I've worn pants for one of these episodes, uh, actually. I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to check. I'll, t- I'll check my notes, but I don't think I have. But guys, I, I hear you and I listen to you every every time the episode comes on. You you. you announce what you're wearing. So, uh, that is true. Like, I'm hoping that you're telling all the listeners true information that you're always wearing what you're saying you're wearing. Well, well, we have to be telling the truth because the the reason that we establish what we are wearing at the top of every episode is to build that feeling and level of trust with our audience. Yeah. Exactly. In mm-hmm. an audio-only uh, format, we have to make sure that the listeners can believe and we have to establish those those boundaries there. So they, they have to take what we say at face value. But We got uh, to help them fill in the blanks. I mean... And, <laughs> and Ivro and I have both said individually that we have sometimes planned our outfits out knowing that we're going to be recording that day. Just like, I really hope I can describe something cool that I'll be wearing today. It's like, oh, I've worn flannel the last five episodes. I need to choose something else. <laughs> well, if you're in Canada, flannel goes. It's nice and warm. It's true. In the middle of February up here. In the middle of February. <laughs> so, Ephraim, you're in, you're in Ontario. Yes, I'm in Toronto, so home of the band, home of me. And Chris, can you tell the listeners where you're located? Yeah, so originally from Toronto, Canada, but for the past four years, I have been in Melbourne, Australia. So wife being from New Zealand, we met in Canada. Uh, we came here because she said, let's go somewhere halfway, and I didn't look at a map, so we're stuck <laughs> in there. Uh, beautiful, beautiful city, though. Um, it is a cool, very 
frigid uh, 28 degrees plus today. So I that, feel your guys' pain. That's Celsius. That's that Celsius. Celsius. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, one of the reasons that Ephraim and I started this podcast was actually, one, uh, a way to kind of connect with each other on a semi-regular basis because we've been friends for about 15 years. Uh, and secondly, <clears throat> the reputation that the Bare Naked Elites have in Australia. Uh, it's pretty much just one week and nothing else, as it is in other parts of the world. Uh I've, I had a playlist going once when I had some friends over and someone said, is this the Bare Naked Ladies? And I said, no, it, it's such and such a band. They said, oh, right, that other one hit Wonder Band. And then that just kind Ooh. of spiraled this idea of being like, well, they've got 15 studio albums plus like countless B-sides, all these. I mean, I don't need to tell you guys, you've, you're going strong <laughs> for God. How many episodes plus with more? You're only, you're only on hell right now. So... Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's just Still, kind of the genesis. Way to hang out with my buddy and way to talk about a band that I love. Yeah, Very and now cool, you guys cool. are covering it album by album. Yes, yes. that's right. What, yes. what led you, you guys know to the talk, rational to do way that? to do it, Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> well, well Just like sometimes because like when decide to <laughs> do alphabetically. <laughs> well, when we go into a track by track in our episodes, we spend maybe like what between three and a half minutes and like twelve minutes per song. Like I like I'm. <laughs> I'm staring down a really long road this episode because I'm like, oh, I've already talked about Leaf already, and I talked like I, I did like ten minutes on our podcast. Well, I don't know what else I had to say, but eh, I'll throw so in. You, Thanks for having us, guys. So you guys know we spent about an hour in House of Level, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's um, you can really tell the albums that we like and the albums that we don't because there are yeah. certain times where it'll just be like, all right, uh, how about this track? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Moving, Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Next song. Uh, but we're very much floored by uh, the amount of research that you guys do and just the deep dive that you will go into each song. Because, I mean, when we're doing our notes for each album, um, I mean, that's already enough research and just kind of going into it and finding a lot of things that you didn't know about the band and about the song, specifically this song, which I'm really excited to get into um, when we were doing research. But yeah, 50 minutes, 50 plus minutes on an entire song, that's daunting. So uh, let's see how we do, Ephraim. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's why we yeah. only do one a week. <laughs> now, how much of that is substantial is is up to the bait. But <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and just one more thing. Speaking of the, uh, you guys do each and every single song, um, both myself and more specifically my wife are is we are both very disappointed that you guys aren't including the tracks from uh, the Bare Naked Ladies uh, Stratford uh, Theater Festival as you like it soundtrack. We because did. We what? I do not see any episode debated devoted to the thirteen second instrumental track fight setup. <laughs> One of the greatest tracks they've ever recorded. I I will say that I did take the easy way out on that one and just did the whole the whole album as one two hour long recording um <laughs> i just so i, I just, did take the easy way out on that i i, I really and, and, I, and aaron didn't even show up for that one like he's like nope i'm done out gone. <laughs> no, i've never been so ashamed to be a part of this podcast Tracy, I, I, actually, this down. is the first time hearing this i did not realize that you skipped out on actually I, including a i mean you I put how's the level in our repertoire these guys talk about what they wear with honesty. Like, we can't even talk about an album with honesty. Right. 
Oh man. I mean, we okay. talked about Laser Team, or we will. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it hasn't aired yet. We talked about Laser <laughs> Team for crying out loud, and, like, and we couldn't split up. Oh. And like for fight setup, like okay. it didn't have to be a full episode. You just like say like, "Hey, that was a song." End of the episode. Roll credits. <laughs> oh no, we would have dragged that out for a good hour and a half. Like, trust oh, me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love but, how we've. I, I love how we sparked some know about it. We've sparked such uh, internal uh, violence and, and uh, debate within your podcast. This was Ephraim's no. mind's intention. We're just trying to cull the herd of Bare Naked Lays podcast coming here. Spark dissent in the ranks. You talk about your own intentions, Christopher. <laughs> good, I have good. one word for you. It's coup. <laughs> to be totally transparent... I didn't realize that they had done the Stratford album until about I was already five songs in, at which point I got to find a way to fix this and get this in here anyways. <laughs> and then I looked at the song list and I'm like, I'm not adding that many songs to our list. We're already almost to 300. No, no. <laughs> we can throw it into an after dark. We could. We could, we could after dark it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, for today, we should probably get to what we're talking about for today's song. We should. Which is Leave. I've been formed you to leave. Because I can't afford to lose more sleep. I get ill and I get tired. Uh, from Stunt, since Aaron's not here to tell us what albums this, this is off from. I couldn't torture him. From the Wetlands. The Wetlands album. It's a terrible event. Save the Wetlands. Wrong. Wrong. Did it. Yep. Now, the album says that this was written by Stephen and Ed, but from everything I've seen, everything I've read, and just my basic own feeling... This is definitely an Ed song. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. I concur. I don't know what Steven added. Maybe maybe he put in the bridge, but I, there wasn't a lot of contribution <laughs> from Steven on that. Sounds like he harmonized okay. Yes. He, yes. <laughs> he did harmonize pretty well. That doesn't get you a songwriting cred, though. No. <laughs> Um, so this song was actually around since Maybe You Should Drive, it's Jeff. Um, <laughs> so I, I hope you like this song because they decided to keep this off. Maybe you should drive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but then we talked to Susan Rogers and she was one that actually suggested making this a little bit more country when they came in to record for Stunt. And that was what it needed. That's what made it finally ring for them. You can definitely hear those elements in there, as well as kind of 90s rock. Uh, and Shirley saying, could you add some more country to this, was really twisting Ed Robertson's arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's out of my wheelhouse, but you know what, I'll try. <laughs> what we really need is a little more twang. <laughs> yeah, it's not really my aesthetic, but I know. <laughs> Ed's in the background going, I told you, Stephen, t- I told you that would work. 
Um, so this is a song that that's a really old one, but they do pull it out sometimes. Um, but only once in a great while. They've only played it 28 times in concert. Wow. And, like, really, the last two times were 2013 and 2018. So it's out of their newer repetition. They they leave it out of the out of their uh, list. I wonder if it's ranked very high amongst their uh, their fans to play it. Well, we'll find out tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm anxious to see what uh, what these uh, two guest awesome guys uh, have to say about this. What their take is uh, on the song. It's awesome to have you guys on board. Uh, and th- thanks for having us, guys. This is really, really cool. Um, <laughs> I was I was saying to Tracy before we started recording, like, thanks so much for inviting us on when we had only released one episode. That was like <laughs> a really cool vote of confidence for us. That's a lot of faith. <laughs> having yeah. just having just started this weird thing we decided to do. So thanks. Tracy's a good people reader. He he knows. He just knows. Oh. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys you guys have already discussed this song. So I don't want I don't want to make people have to re-listen to a lot of the stuff that you've already said, but whatever you feel comfortable with adding about about what you think about the song would be wonderful. Supposedly Aaron is going to be sending me his breakdown tomorrow night. So Aaron, what's the breakdown on this song? Here are Aaron's notes on the song Leave. Leave was recorded at about 164 beats per minute, although it goes into halftime very quickly or starts in double time, so most of the song is actually closer to about 82 beats per minute. I don't think this song was recorded to a click track, but it's pretty steady, so props to the rhythm section for locking it down and pretty nicely on the groove. The song is in D major, so close, so very close to D minor, the scale that was identified by Nigel Tufnell of Spinal Tap as the saddest of all keys. People weep instantly when they hear it. But yes, in all seriousness, D major, or so it would seem. It starts, as mentioned, in double time, and we have D to A to C to G, or 1 to 5 to 6 to 4. What's interesting here, you may have noticed, is that the C naturally does not appear in the D major scale. Instead, we have a C sharp. C natural does appear, and as a major chord, nonetheless, in D minor. But obviously, in that case, D, A, and G would all be minor. So I'm going to call this borrowing the natural major seventh from the D minor. It's possible that I'm missing something and they're just playing in the mode of a different scale. But to be honest, I've been a little under the weather this week and we can make it a challenge. Send an email to barenakedabcs at gmail.com if you think Aaron made a mistake. I am human. In spite of all the evidence to the contrary, I do make mistakes. So if you think this is one, you have a better explanation, please write to us. Anyway, the chord structure continues throughout the whole intro and verse, and then for the chorus, do, 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 we actually seem to shift into a G major because we go from A to C to G, which would be a 2-4-1 progression. The tonal center seems to shift to the G in this case, although we end back on D major and shift it back into that sound to head back into the verse. For the bridge, Apparitions Still Won't Leave Me Alone, we have E minor to F 
to A minor to G, which is technically all diatonic to C major, but basically we're starting on E. It's like an E figurian, which has all of the same notes as C major, but the tonal center of it is, of course, E. So if you have if you have a piano or keyboard at home, you can hear the difference by playing a C major scale, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, and then playing the same notes starting on E. E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E. Same notes, different tonal center, and the feel is quite different, ending up back in D to return to our verse, D, G, C, A. So the structure of the song is thus. Intro, A, chorus B, verse 2A, chorus B, bridge C, verse 3A, chorus B, outro, vamps on the A changes. So we have A, B, A, B, C, A, B, A, a very traditional pop rock structure, but as you can tell, it's not entirely traditional or necessarily simple. Even though a lot of the chords overlap, there is potentially a borrowed chord in the verse, potentially a key change in the, change in the chorus, and certainly a key change to the figurian mode in the bridge. This is all terribly interesting from an analysis perspective. The sound of the song is classic B&L, jangly, pop rock, and perhaps a little country in there. The guitar work is great. There is some nice electric doodling, interesting synth work, and violin, possibly an electric violin, which perhaps caught my attention the most. Nice vocal harmonies as well. It wasn't until I really started examining the lyrics and learning about the connection to the death of Ed's brother that it really started to resonate with me. The bridge lyrics are both the most direct in dealing with the subject matter and my favorite in the bunch. It's heartbreaking. It's, he's essentially asking the specter memory of his brother to stop haunting him. I really feel for Ed, and it makes this song hit that much harder. Taken as a song musically, it's not my favorite. It's certainly not bad, but it might have rated in the low to mid threes. The interesting questing quality of the chords and the floating sort of uncertainness of its place in the single key gives it an enigmatic feel, which is programmatic given the subject material. That boosts it up quite a bit. Then the lyrics and knowing the origin of the song, again, it resonates. It, I'm inclined to rate it a little higher due to that as well. I suppose for now I'm going to reward it 3.8 herns out of 5. With an asterisk, noting that I might come back to revisit this come New Year's Eve. Amazing. Oh, Nailed wow. it out of the park as uh, I never knew that. Jeez. <laughs> that was I'm really excited. Ever done. I'm very excited to find out all of those facts when we <laughs> listen to the episode later. Well, I can't believe he thought this was off Silver Bowl, though. <laughs> he always beats me up afterwards. He's like, you left in everyone's comments that I, that showed that I wasn't there. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the whole point. And if you're it, releasing a, this uh, on YouTube later, I've taken out one of my earbuds, so it's going to f*** with your continuity. <laughs> I should have said, can, can we swear on this podcast? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Every yeah. time we swear, all, all we do is hear Yoko Ono, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, we, we, um, yeah, we, we've done stunt already. Um, you know, very landmark album with me and I'll, I'll let Ephraim kind of go into it because one of the things that, again, I love about this podcast, um, that we do, that you guys do is it gives you an opportunity 
and a responsibility, which sounds really wanky, to kind of do a bit more research on a band that, that you love, things that you didn't know. So I actually, when we went into this album, didn't know a lot about Leave. Um, and then Ephraim kind of took the reins for Stunt. Um, he did a lot of the research and he found out um, what Leave was all about. So Ephraim, I'll, I'll let you uh, go into it there. Uh, oh yeah, no, um, just because Leave is uh, one of, um, at least a, one of two songs that Ed wrote about the tragic death of his brother Doug uh, in 1993 in an awful motorcycle accident. Um, and uh, I, I really like Leave because it, uh, it, it is just a ghost song, um, which is a mm. genre that you don't see a heck of a lot of in pop music. Um, and uh, I think I said this on our show as well. I hope that doesn't sound insensitive that I like that it's a spooky song when it's about <laughs> like a real person's actual death. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a really great tune, um, tells a really great story. It's also a really interesting one because Stunt is probably, you know, breakthrough album in the U.S. So a lot of people who had never really heard the Bare Naked Ladies before, um, and, you know, they've got that reputation of being like this jokey, witty banter band, which they are. But then you've got a song that's about loss and about, you know, grief and sadness. Um, and yeah, it's done in a major chord. And it's, yeah, you got that more country note, as they said. But um, yeah, when you strip it back, it's like, it's cathartic almost. It's him just literally talking about how he's been plagued by dreams of his brother. And I can imagine that, like, just the songwriting process probably helped him reconcile a lot of that. Yeah. One of the things that we've been finding from our breakdowns with Bare Naked Ladies is it doesn't matter what song um, musically they have, they always put in depth and strength and something behind the song. There's always, it's never shallow. It's always layered and um, tiered and rhymed and in fashions that are just ingenious to you know simplify the term but um it's 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 amazing it's like uh for instance when i listen to the song i i I would never recognize that it would would be about um his brother's death except for the 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 um the part where they're talking about apparition still won't leave me alone it's as though you've never left how am i supposed to remember you when you won't let me forget and that's that's just a powerful part of the song that uh, just like okay yeah it's like um but you can take it in a different way too it's like um if there's uh, a relationship that you've been in and uh you're going around the house or something of that nature and you keep on finding things mm-hmm. of this yeah. person it's like oh my gosh there's ghosts from this person <laughs> it's like that's only me yeah the, the straps the straps you choose to leave around yeah that's a really yeah. good line there too referencing that but, but it can be yeah. referenced in any number of different ways and I like that. Mm-hmm. But you did say the line, and we'll talk about lyrics later. But but how am I supposed to remember you when you won't let me forget? It has to be one of my favorite Ed lines ever. Uh, such such an amazing line, and and it's so. And poignant, for a long poignant. time, I thought this was about a relationship breaking up, and that loss of or that wanting the relationship, but it kind of that back and forth of like in the in the relationship, out of the relationship, and it just like we can't i can't heal if you're still here mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't until much later that i found out the meaning behind leave and i was like oh that that really fits really amazingly as well too but for me it was always a relationship song yeah I... 
And I thought so too when I first heard stunt. But I think, and I think the one line that confused me with that uh, theory is, uh, "So I'll try to rest if you'll stand guard." I never quite got what that meant in the context mm-hmm. of a relationship. But then learning that it was about the brother, the death of Ed's brother, that line makes yeah. a lot more sense. Even the first first paragraph, <clears throat> uh, you know, when I read that, I I wasn't sure about that. I was like, I've informed you to leave because I can't afford to lose more sleep. And uh, yeah, at first I'm like, oh, he must be dating a younger woman. But no, no, that's not the case. <laughs> no, I thought that. I thought so too. No, I thought that's sense. what it was about. So yeah. yeah. I've always yeah. really yeah. liked the use played. of the word informed in that line. Mm. Like just like a, like just a very yeah. calm but mm-hmm. stern word. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I haven't yeah. asked yeah. you to leave. I haven't. Yeah, you, 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 yeah. Gotta, you gotta go. You're. Ca- <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like an it's like a written statement that he's had to prepare because <clears throat> ghosts are scary. So just to make sure that uh, he gets his meaning out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to take. I don't want to tick off the spirit. Yeah, <laughs> he's had his lawyer hand deliver. <laughs> he's had his lawyer hand deliver the memo. About please cease your hauntings. <laughs> cease your hauntings. <laughs> I've informed you. How come you're not going? Um, you know you got to so go. So this is so the ghost. So Ed has directly come right out and talked about this song. Um, if anyone has ever listened to the podcast that he created back when podcasts were brand new, around the time that everything or not everything to everyone uh, that. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies Are Me and Men was being created. He had a podcast going that he was recording in the studio. And on episode 20, he actually talked directly about leave and where that came from. Um, I'll put part of this clip in right here. Shortly after my my brother died, um, I started trying to write this song and it didn't see the light of day till much later uh, when I sort of figured it out emotionally. Um, we were touring pretty heavily afterwards, and at the time I was rooming with Ty, and there were so many times I just had to wake Tyler up so I could I could get back to sleep because I was having these vivid, crazy dreams that my brother was in the room, and I would sort of be in a half-lucid state, and it was really freaking me out, um, and I couldn't sleep, and so I, I kept waking Ty up to just kind of calm down. So I could, you know, verify that there wasn't someone in the room with us, kind of. And, you know, I was half asleep myself. Uh, Anyway, it got to a point where I was starting to kind of get mad at the the memory of my brother and this kind of bizarre, lucid dreaming state. I was losing sleep. I was getting tired and frustrated. And so I started the song Leave to sort of say, look, I'm trying to grieve. I need to grieve properly but you need to leave me alone right now because I got work to do. I need to sleep at night because I got to do shows and interviews and all this stuff. It was a very strange part of the grieving process uh, for me. And and that's where the song Leave came from. It was wanting to grieve, needing to grieve, but not really having time to grieve. Wow. It's pretty amazing. That's really that's interesting. Opening. Yeah, it, it's interesting that like it's almost like there's there's guilt there, like he's talking about you know well I've I've informed you to leave like his brother's just kind of 
in his dreams at night and he won't let him. It's almost like he thinks that he's not grieving properly. And, you know, the dreams of his brother being there, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, no, you have to think about me 24 seven. And for Ed to kind of say, no, I'll grieve in my, in between my downtimes. Like that's, um, that's really poignant. I think there, I think that you can kind of definitely see that, um, yeah, he was really coming to terms with stuff. And I mean, just survivor's guilt is a huge thing, especially when someone's taken prematurely through like such like violent means, to be honest, as it's like a motorcycle crash. Mission accomplished, Chris. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to and leave meeting now. <laughs> With a stern mic drop. So what do you guys think of the song? Oh, sorry, Tracy. So what I was trying to say mm-hmm. before my own computer cut me off so rudely was um, I, I, I'm not a huge country fan. However, I like this song. And I think that this song, we, I talked before about how <laughs> With maybe you should drive certain songs, I I actually raise the level a little bit because I'm like I come back to them and I'm like oh yeah I kind of do like this but it was put in between it was put in this really weird order with this one and also the same thing with Born on a Pirate Ship just put in a really weird order. Um, I'm gonna convert you one of these days. Well, I'm I mean, gonna convert you. We're doing it out maybe. of order, so we'll see. We'll see if the numbers. <laughs> Numbers Am I reading this that. correctly that, that um, you are not as huge a maybe you should drive fan? No. May, maybe it's your like maybe my favorite. You know, yeah. Okay. Maybe and it's my favorite Tracy, album. Not yes. so much. Got it. Okay. It's, so uh, right. Yeah, so, so we, don't yeah. listen to our yeah. second episode, Jeff. <laughs> you'll <laughs> you'll lose respect for us immediately because I think that we're okay. Great. I will. I won't. I won't. I respect everyone's opinions. But I, as I, say, I know. I, I like I said. I, it's an unpopular opinion, and I know I that. Know. But I, I love maybe a lot. But I think the problem with maybe it, exactly. I, heard the album. <laughs> I think the problem with maybe and born is is the ordering on those albums versus on this album. I think that this song for me in some ways actually benefited from the order in that I don't think I normally would have loved to leave as much as I actually do, but because it was stuck between I'll be that girl and alcohol, I've listened to it multiple times. I've listened to this album through more than any other album ever mm-hmm. and leave has benefited from that because I've gotten the like, Oh yeah, I really kind of like this song. And, and, it's kind of forced me to listen to it more than I normally would have and really grown to love the song. Yeah. They put it between two really uh, strong songs. I hadn't thought about that before, but that's a good point for me. Leave doesn't, doesn't really have a lot of country to it. Um, for me, it, it, it has small elements in there that touch come to the surface every now and then. But for me, it doesn't, it doesn't touch on that a lot. I would never categorize this as a country song or, um, yeah, it's got some elements yeah. that come through, but for mostly it's like a '90s rock. Um, I was trying to think of what the what it sounds like. I can't really put my finger on it, but not country for me anyway. It's one of the folkier tracks on the record because th- mm-hmm. this is like one of their more uh, yeah, like just straight up '90s alternative rock albums, and this is definitely one of the the folkier tracks yeah. on it. But yeah, which means I love it. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm always drawn to their folkier stuff, but yeah, I'm actually there's looking folkies. through, and I I'm trying right, to see I'll if there's anything else that um, would be considered folky on this album, and I don't. 
I don't There's see... There's folky stuff on maybe you should drive. I don't see anything that... <laughs> oh, oh, did you... I was that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> that's why I like Born on a Pirate Ship better, because that's like their... Any... No, no, no. I do know oh, that. Oh, wait, you do like Born <laughs> on a Pirate Ship I love Born on a Pirate... I love Born on a Pirate Ship. That one's my... That one's oh. Bor- Born is my favorite band. Wow. That's... I am. Are you sure about that? Uh, we got to bring these guys back and just have a whole conversation about this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or, or can we do an app? No, I was going to say, not now. No, that, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah, okay. All right, not now. Not... The, bo- the boss says no. Um, I do know that... I do know that um, on there are a couple of bonus tracks off of Stunt, and one of those is very folky, uh, which is you yes. know future right. episode for you guys, Long Way Back mm-hmm. Home, which... Um, which is, even, uh, I think, yes, one of your favorite only, tracks that they've ever done. I only heard it like a actually. month ago while I was re-listening to the album for <laughs> our podcast because I didn't have the version with the bonus tracks. And then I said, oh, maybe I should listen to the bonus tracks like just in case Chris wants to talk about them. And then I like discovered one of my new favorite songs of all time, <laughs> which is Long Way Back Home. So, yeah, I oh, wow. love that song. It's so good. It was like a, it's like, yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a present mm-hmm. from 1998 that I... <laughs> Had just left unwrapped under the tree for 22 years. Never opened. <laughs> That's awesome. Tracy, it's really interesting what you said about the um, the sequencing, though, because I, I tend to agree. Um, when we were doing Stunt, um, my kind of opinion was that I'll Be That Girl could mm. have been a single. It's so it's so upbeat, it's so positive, it's really catchy. So, And then you go into alcohol. Um, so putting that in between those two tracks, it's true. The sequencing yeah. of those three songs is really strong. And for, yeah, if leave isn't really your cup of tea or if it's something that you know is a genre that you wouldn't listen to as much that is it's perfect it's just kind of sandwiched in there so yeah really smart by them well and listening to the album up to this point you don't have a lot of slow songs like this is the this is the exhale moment which is Mm. a beautiful exhale moment in this album right between those two songs and i think if you smoosh those two songs together they don't work as well back to back but something in between there like this or light up your room really kind of eases that a lot better mm-hmm. yeah yeah true also a good point on i'll be that girl because i'll be that girl should have been a single i agree 100 <laughs> percent. yeah like call well call and answer yeah, is a really good song i, I should be that girl <laughs> <laughs> Calling Answer is like a really good song, but it, it's weird that it, it was a single off of this. I always thought that I'll Be That Girl could have probably been a stronger yeah. radio presence, but uh, well, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a multi platinum selling artist in multi countries. So. <laughs> oh, yes, Tracy, you really oversold. I feel like that's something that's coming on. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jeff was saying that he doesn't wear pants on these podcasts. Maybe he's wearing a dress on. He's talking about the song. He really is trying to be that girl. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm 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 jabbing at you. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about the instruments of the song. We jumped right over the music. I I threw it over to Aaron. Then we we left it alone. We should talk a little bit about the music. And I want to I want to highlight especially one of my oh, favorite yes. parts of the song, which is Kevin. His first album, and Kevin is, you know, we, we talk about him on all the other songs. He is knocking it out of the park with the lead guitar and mm-hmm. the wah-wah guitar and the keys and the song. Great music. I love love the sound of it. I think it sounds really, really good. Great rock, and it's, um, it's well put together. Seems like it's coherent and smooth. 
I um, really like that so, in the song. So many of my favorite Bare Naked Ladies tracks are the, uh, the the tracks that begin with Ed and an acoustic guitar, and this absolutely fits into that <laughs> into that subgenre. <laughs> so, um, and I like on the acoustic that you can actually, if you listen to the uh, bathroom sessions version of this. You really get to hear Ed in the parts he's playing on mm-hmm. that acoustic guitar so much better than what you can hear in this song. Yeah, the bathroom sessions as a whole is just such a showcase mm-hmm. of Ed as a guitarist. Um, it blows my mind. Um, when those videos came out, I did was like did a huge deep dive and just kind of like listen. I'm supposed to be doing um, an essay at that point, and I'm like, no, this is a better use of my time. <laughs> this stage, just watch this playlist. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because Kevin, yeah, Kevin Hearn's presence in this, I know in the liner notes of this album, they said, you know, thank you for injecting new life into the band or like a sense of fun. So um, this is, it kind of set, stands to reason that this is like their commercial success um, or the biggest one that they had in the US at that point, because I mean, he really adds so much to the band and still mm. continues to. Yeah. I actually had to look it up because when the uh, um, I mean definitely one of the strongest parts of the song is that that lead guitar, um, and I did want, I did want to check who did that. I'm a, I'm also a huge Kevin fan. We talk about this a lot. I love Kevin absolutely uh, a lot. Um, but uh, the guitar on this is absolutely fantastic, and that outro is fire. <laughs> that guitar that that lead guitar outro is just it, that's that's amazing. Really good stuff. I'm. Absolutely. I'm not a huge fan of outros usually, and I will listen right. through. And, and maybe once again, it's because I've listened to this album so many times all the way through. I'll listen to that whole outro all the way through and just enjoy. That's saying a lot because of how much you like alcohol. Because I would be thinking you'd be like, "All right, let's just wow. go, let's just go." But no, you're listening to the yeah. outro. That's that, that says a lot about it, though. That was I meant that in seriousness. Yeah, if you don't have to bring in those well, personal issues you know, into this I, podcast. <laughs> Always do. That's how we roll. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Tracy, I'm glad you Don't like forget alcohol. the cafe latte. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't like alcohol at all. <laughs> you hated on alcohol pretty hard, both of you. Uh, I did not hate on alcohol. I was moderate on alcohol. Yeah, we went from five to to bringing it below a five. No, my, no, my score was like in the mid somewhere. It was a, it was an average score. <laughs> Not a hate. I don't even remember the song. <laughs> Stefan hated it. I remember Stefan hating it because I re- I just got done editing it the other night. <laughs> I'm opinionated. Nothing wrong with that. Gotta stay opinionated. <laughs> we also we also get something in this song that we don't get in a lot of the other songs. Violin. Like I'm mm. guessing that Jim actually learned the violin for this song because in the liner notes we also get a shout out to Sue Drew for expert violin tuning and i'm guessing that she had something to like somehow along the way i think that he had to learn and so that we're imagining the, the way this went down is that just they decided they needed violin on this track and jim said sure give me 24 hours and then just laid down a track because i would i, I would <laughs> i would buy that story from both yeah. and from kevin hearn with the number of instruments that that man plays as well but like yeah mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Or Andy, I would I would agree yeah. with with, yeah. with Andy. Yeah, R.I.P. 
Chris, thanks for bringing the in jokes from our show into somebody else's show. I laugh every time you guys. Every time you guys say that on your show, I laugh so hard. Oh, good. He's not. It works. It works. <laughs> Andy, come on, Andy, come on their show. We know you listen. Yes. Set the record straight. No one's seen you for a while. We're not saying that we're perpetuating rumors of your demise, but if you want to set the record I mean, straight, it's been about a year since he was here. So I mean, I think he's. <laughs> we're assuming. We're assuming. Things are good. Can anyone drive over yeah, the yeah, to find the out? Oh, yeah, check that out for us. Isn't Moncton? Oh, that's close to us. I also love I also love the theory that you have Ephraim about he's like, give me twenty four hours and I will learn how to play the violin, but he couldn't learn to tune it, which is I had to bring in someone separate. He needed forty eight hours to learn how to tune and play the instrument, but they didn't have enough time, so <laughs> That's pretty cool. I just I, I wish I had that kind of talent. I mean, I. <laughs> I mean, I can I can see it though because he is he's very eclectic on string instruments, so I can see you know I would probably come fairly naturally to him. I would think with some. <laughs> I can't even tap on my steering wheel in his feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just can't even do that, you know. Well, I mean, and he he plays it. the bow on on the yeah, double bass right. as well. So, I, but th- this is me, a non musician, saying it's got to be relatively similar, knowing that it's probably more like a difference between a bass guitar and playing a regular guitar, and they're like nowhere anywhere close to each other, and it's learning a whole new instrument. Right. <laughs> he probably held it like a bass. He's like, all right. Let's <laughs> <take a while." laughs> Just it's like an extra from air. a Christmas carol or something? Like sitting on a keg of ale in the back <laughs> 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 How you, you going, Jim? My back is killing me. We have to bend down and play it. <laughs> Let's talk about your form a little bit there, bud. What? Me? You're talking to me? <laughs> what did you say? I was saying, let's talk about his form a little bit there. Oh, because oh. he's down on the <laughs> yeah, like well, like he... anything else that comes out of my mouth. Bad Pretty much, <laughs> exactly. That's why there was crickets playing on that one. <clears throat> they were playing their own fiddles. Oh, I thought those were just in my head again. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the ghost. <laughs> And we found a way to bring it all the way back to Lee. <laughs> someone someone has to do it. <laughs> oh, I, I do real things all the time. I mean, Deb, just talk about ghosts. <laughs> my head is a back cat, my catnip. So, does anyone else have anything more to add about this song? Uh, we didn't really go heavy on the lyrics. Did anyone want to say anything about the lyrics? I mean, I, I, we pretty much talked about what they mean, but we didn't go too deep into them. I expressed what I liked right. about them. <laughs> you did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dear. Uh, I feel like we uh, touched on this earlier, but I feel like it, it stands uh, to repeat that. Uh, I, I just think this song really, really uh, successfully... Uh, successfully paints that picture of the period of grief where 
you don't want to forget about the person, but the wound is so fresh you can't stand to be thinking about them all the time. Um, and it just really, and it, it's, it's, I feel like that's a really universal, uh, way that a lot of people go through a grieving process. And I, I think a lot of people could see themselves in, in Ed's story, uh, in this song. Uh, and yeah, uh, I love a song about a ghost. Uh, one of my other favorite bands is the Decemberists, uh, and they have tons of songs about ghosts. So like any, any time anybody busts out a ghost story folk song, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm all in guys. So that's one, that's why I love this song and why I I (laughs) thought, Hey, we should come on that episode of the podcast when you gave us our options. (laughs) (laughs) When, when Ephraim listens to If You Could Read By Mind by Gordon Lightfoot, he just keeps on and I'm a you ghost know the ghost and is real. You're uh, a ghost and over. everyone. <laughs> 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 I want to share with you guys something that I picked up just now as I was reading one of the lyrics and, and share a little bit of my personal life. It's like, uh, I was born a normally child, and I've lost both of my parents, and I've lost mm. the majority of my family. So my dad never got rid of my mother's stuff, and when he passed, I was in charge of getting rid of his stuff. And it's always a very challenging aspect uh, for anybody to have to face that, because you know that somebody filled those clothes, th- and you remember that person in those clothes. And in the last part of the song, he says, there's your shoes and there's the door. And what I pictured is actually his brother's shoes there by the door and they're empty and they're not going to be used again, not by his brother. So that puts a a different spin on that particular lyric that kind of hits me pretty hard. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's, mm. a, that's, that's a really yeah, that's a good point. interpretation like that. of, of those different lyrics, point and that's of really view. powerful, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. instead of like, there's your shoes, get the F out, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> well, not to, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, your story is very personal and emotional, and I don't know if I necessarily connected uh, that way, but I love what you said there. But I do, uh, one thing I do like about this song a lot is the return to the original chorus. Obviously, that line meant a lot to him. I've informed you to leave. And we, we talked about the inform, but, um, you know, um, you know he uses he uses it at the beginning of both verses, uh, or actually all three verses, but to come back to pretty much the same one, then Stevens echoing on that last verse, I think is what sep- uh, sets that apart. And I really love that wraparound to coming back to the chorus and then switching it up and giving you those lines. Stefan, like you said, that really powerful imagery of there's your shoes, there's the door. Um, please don't come here anymore. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, I, you like, like, I think, I think Chris mentioned that it was, uh, um, there's a, this feeling of guilt there. Like, I don't know if I'm grieving, right. We talked about the previous song that he wrote about his brother. And in that one, it sounds like, um, there's a little bit of acceptance there. Like his brother wants him to move on. His brother wants him to do other things. Here, it sounds like the opposite. Like he feels guilty trying to move on. He's losing sleep. He's still seeing him. I, I just want to, you know, continue. Um, which it sounded like his brother would want him. Want uh, would have wanted him to. Um, but yeah, that. I, that yeah, he's like, <laughs> I already wrote one song about you. Wasn't that enough? <laughs> Get well, out of my the- dreams. <laughs> Almost as though his brother is more of an annoyance rather than anything else. You're like, even from the grave, you're coming to annoy me. <laughs> you know, what is wrong with you? 
instead of like embracing oh i see my brother again get out of here <laughs> <laughs> it was great for the first hundred days but now i'm waking up high now you got yeah, me waking up high too come on i didn't know until <laughs> every uh, single night that, uh, <laughs> from ed's podcast that they had been roommates at some point that's wild to me that's like like that makes me want to like some kind of like if we could go back in time do some kind of like Beatles movie about like all five of them living in an apartment together like you know waking up in the single beds beside each other like at the beginning of Help. I can I can only assume Tyler just snores as a full on beatbox. I want to believe that. <laughs> Even in his sleep, he's just going. He's just rocking. <laughs> The season finale is when Andy leaves and Kevin comes in. It's very dramatic. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, Andy's been recast. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, between season two and three. <laughs> it's always that season three. They got to bring oh, yeah. in a new cast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would say that was really interesting to me is the seldomness at which they do play this uh, at their live shows. Um, Tracy, you were saying, I think, only 28 times. Um, and it leads me to wonder, because Ephraim and I have discussed a lot of times, that there are certain songs I feel like they should retire when they're touring live, because Ed does a really good job of ones that, um, you know, Stephen was lead vocalist on. Uh, but there are some that, like, Stephen, like, those are Stephen's songs. And it's like, maybe maybe you shouldn't play those anymore. Whereas this one, this is all Ed. It's such a strong song that you could play with the band. You could play solo at their encores. But it might, maybe, and I mean, I'm just speculating, um, it could just be, maybe it's too hard for him to play. Maybe mm-hmm. just the yeah. memories. It, it's a really emotional song. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. But I can only imagine playing yeah. a song about, you know, the memory of your brother has got to be really tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, even even acoustically on stage as the re- <clears throat> as the other band members are resting. Yeah, you know it could be one of those that you know. But it, it might be one of those songs that were like cathartic for him at the time. Like I had to write this at the time, yeah. but you know, like like Chris said, I don't want to keep revisiting it. It served its purpose back then, but it's not maybe a crowd pleaser. It's not a song that you know still has a significance as it did back then when he wrote it. Well, and I think that like that comes into one of the things that he had said which is it didn't see the light of day until much later when i figured it out emotionally like at that time around maybe you should drive and born a pirate ship it was too raw but when he when they came back to it with stunt he could look at it a little bit more objectively and be able to like look at it musically why it wasn't working and listen to like any probably creative criticism about ways to change it that would then make it a more uh recordable song and a nice side effect about that is that now there's this beautiful tribute to his brother on their best-selling album of all time so if it was on one of the earlier albums it wouldn't have had as wide of an audience true it could be just used as a grieving process too rather than something to flaunt or Mm -hmm. or not it could still have a lot of emotional um resonance with the rest of the band members to the point where they want to respect that vulnerability wow i i really hit something important there because everybody's not talking now you know how i feel (laughs) (laughs) but i'm nowhere near as good looking as you are tracy so we covered that before we covered that in the after dark (laughs) <laughs> ah, oh okay oh everything everything gets covered in the after dark <laughs> <laughs> 
Ironically. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have two things I wanted to kind of put out there is one, which is the, we don't, you were talking about ghost songs earlier. And one of the things we don't hear a lot in ghost songs, we hear a lot about happiness about ghosts coming back. We hear a lot about sadness about ghosts. We don't usually hear a lot of refrain or discussion about the anger toward death. Um, even in songs, about death we don't hear a lot about that discussion and here here ed is talking about his anger yeah that is one of the, uh, the, the seven steps i think that it's is really not important really dealt i mean with, uh, musically and lyrically very often in pop rock music <laughs> and the other thing i wanted to bring up was the the chorus which has to be the most simple chorus but i i usually don't like simple choruses um but I don't know. There's something about this one that I really love. It's one word <laughs> or one noise, one sound, so to speak. And it, it, the do do do's like that's the chorus of this song. And yet it really works because the verses are so strong in and of themselves. You could make a case, though, that since it's a ghost song, it should have been ooh, you know, but <laughs> um, I, I, that's one thing I do have to disagree. That's my trouble with Jeff on this song is I'm not a fan of the doo-doo-doos. Um, really? I, I, I'm not. No. Um, uh, if, if we're being honest, I, I actually wish there would have been some level of a chorus or some level of a... Um, uh, of, a, of, a, of a verse or stylistic change there. Um, like you, I'm not, I, I don't tend to like symbol courses for the most part. Every once in a while they work for me. Then this one, it doesn't work as well for me. And I, I, I feel like I feel like it actually kind of steps away. Um, and actually, that's one of my issues with the song in general as we get as we, you know, if we're going to talk about that. But um, I'm not sure. I, I would have liked to have heard the version before uh, it, it did go country. I would have liked to have heard the Maybe You Should Drive version. Um, because I do feel like I like we talk about songs that are bouncy that are take to take on uh, dark or sad things, and 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 I love those too. I love those kind of songs, and I and I definitely um, respect, hugely respect that Ed wrote this song about something that meant a lot to him, something that was a tragedy. Um, but the style of this song for me doesn't work as well for what the song is about, and that chorus is one that stands mm. out for me. Huh. Well. Good to know. Yeah. It's interesting about the style because, yeah, because it is so upbeat and country, I think that probably definitely does lend itself to a lot of people thinking it is a relationship song, right? Rather than Mm -hmm. what it is. So, yeah, that's that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. The whole country theme (laughs) might mislead people into thinking it is relationship-based. Well, like I said, I've... Until I was told this is about Edge Brother, I and which is recent, like only within the last couple of years, I'd say. Uh, so for almost a decade, uh, I thought this was a relationship song. I never once thought this was a song about a person's death. Um, and I think the style of the song lend it, lends itself to that for me, at I least, also, personally. Uh, only tangentially related. I, I find it strange that the do-do-do-do-do's are considered the chorus. Like, yeah, like it's... Yeah, because I like because I was thinking yeah, like, oh, be. is this a song without they, they a chorus? Yeah, it's just would, yeah. like verse, bridge, verse, <laughs> bridge, like verse instrument, like do to do, verse. Yeah, it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's interestingly structured that way. That mm-hmm. that's what ends up being the chorus technically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for a band that like like pretty much jams in as many lyrics as they can in a song. Yeah. For, for it to be do, do, do the structure that is very, it's very sparse lyrically compared to a lot of their other stuff. Right. 
That's when and he fell asleep you. in the middle of the night. <clears throat> finally fell asleep. That's that's why. He was so exhausted he didn't want to write a chorus. This is what I got. I'm done. <laughs> and Stephen Page has talked about that. He's talked about that too with uh, like it's all been done. He said in the liner notes for the greatest hits. He's like, um, I we we were so wordy on like Brian Wilson and some of those early songs that he just wanted to go ooh ooh. But there, that's that's an example where it works for me because of the feel of the song, the flow of the song. It's all been done. Ooh, the harms and everything. It's a big band feel. It it, it kind of moves here. Um, but in this one, for me, it it's, it feels like a step back. You've just built up, especially after knowing what it's about. You build up a really powerful idea with this verse here. Um, for me, it pulls back to be like do 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 do. You know, I, I I don't know. For me, it's a little bit jarring. Well, and I'm wondering because we know that usually one of them would write the verses, chorus, and then the other would write the bridge or something along the line. We know that. Well, <laughs> Stephen wrote the chorus. I, That's I what it is. Assume that that uh, that Ed wrote the the verses and the bridge. I would assume because given the the lyrics about the apparition won't leave me alone, like it sounds very Ed like. And it also more and more you're making with... it sound like Steve's just going to be bothered one day. Like Steve, I... you want to do, do the chorus? <laughs> Do, 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 do. No, but I'm done. Honestly, go lunch? <laughs> I was going to And that's say, when the like, cracks began to form. <laughs> <laughs> this song is super important. That's what you give me. But honestly, like this, this was a song that they had, that they had really for a long time crafted over. And I wonder if the, the chorus was the part that kept giving them trouble. And then, like Stephen's, like you know what? Let's just do this nice little thing here in the in the middle in the background. And he, and Ed was kind of like, yeah, you know what? That's that's our course. That's that's not even the background. That's our course. Like th- that works. No, it's on the same album <laughs> where Stephen said he didn't want to be wordy anymore. So that would kind of make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really sad because, like, as. Ephraim and I have spoken about like uh, to be embarrassed about songs like Brian Wilson and Enid because they're too wordy. Like, no. Oh, no, no, no. no. (laughs) Or the flag. I mean, where every word lands, like every word of those songs, like the songs in Gordon. I mean, yeah, they're verbose songs, but I like verbose songs. I write verbose songs. Um, And I I like that. I feel like they land. But thanks, Tracy. (laughs) I've been I've been guilty of putting too many words in the song. But uh, um, so but I do I, I, I I've never had a problem with that. But let's like said, I mean, I'm OK if a song steps back and and gets simple. There's 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 always a time and place for that. There's fantastically brilliant songs that are simple songs. Um, yeah. Well, but, speaking um, of too many words in the song, we've been going on for for a long time now. We should probably wrap up. So why don't we get why don't we start putting some numbers to these words? I okay, love quantifying numbers to these words. <laughs> that I I picked up. <laughs> that's what we do here so if you're uh if you're not if you're not familiar we rank every song on a scale of zero to five decimals are allowed so 3.6 3.7 um it's all fair game um 2.5 obviously being your average five being your absolute fantastic this is always going to be on your playlist uh zero being it's house the level um so well, just kidding i don't even i don't even think that got a zero but oh it didn't uh, no. <laughs> um, so tonight we're going to rank this on a scale just because we've raved about it so highly and the work that he did and his appearance in the band. News. I'm going to give a shout out to my man here. <laughs> we're going to rank this on a scale of zero to five Hearns. Hearns being the quantifying unit tonight. And we're Hearns. Hearns. Zero to five Hearns. Oh, gotcha. And 
Not horns with an accent, is it? No, no horns. We are going to start with um. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Ephraim. Ephraim, technically, but like I know who you're talking about. Right? It's not like okay. it's not like Ephraim. I was like, Sorry, oh, I apologize. Ooh, yes, like, <laughs> I know, you. but I don't want to butcher. And I don't like <laughs> Ephraim. <laughs> so I like I like I like oh, to have the like I like letting the guests go first. So Ephraim, first, if you would like to rank this song on it, it sets the bar for us. Yeah, so we know if we're offending you or not. Scale, I'm going to say this is a pretty, yeah, like a really strong four. A really strong four. Um, I, I like this song enough uh, right now that I'm extremely tempted to say five, but I feel like like there's so many songs you can't, you can't, everything can't be a five. Um, so I'm going to, okay. decimals are, mm, decimals so are allowed. Comes. No, 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 like no, no. Round number, round number 4.0. 4 Hearns. We had to go to decimals because we get <clears throat> songs. Like, it's, <laughs> you yeah. gotta start breaking it down at some point. <laughs> All right. Chris, on a scale of zero to five Hearns, how would you rank Leave? Ooh, I am going to embrace those decimals. Uh, and I am going to say on the Kevin Hearn scale, I'm going to say 3.6. So, you know, in, in terms of zero where Kevin Hearn is frowning and five where Kevin Hearn is laughing and screaming his head off because he's always that nice affable man. This is him sitting there with a big grin on his face. Okay. All right. So 3.6 is a big Kevin grin. All right. I'm just, I want to know where we are in the ranking then. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Uh, Stefan. Well, Ephraim, I have, I have to say, my name is Stefan, <laughs> and my name has been butchered for my entire life. I think because, tonight was the first time I said it right, actually. <laughs> possibly, possibly. You know, it's, it's Steve or Stefan or Stephanie. Uh, Tracy, uh, I think Tracy was there. We had a swim meet, and it was a regional <laughs> swim meet. And, uh... I was called Stephanie mm-hmm. right at the swim meet. And I'm like checking myself. I'm like, oh my God, something happened to me. <laughs> no, no, it was just a mistake. So, uh, and all the other. Boys- I just love how every story that you guys ever have goes back to swimming. Oh, yeah. Oh, every a- story <laughs> has. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a lot of them. You know? He's, he's oh, been smart so, not to tell most The sordid history of your swim meets. <laughs> yeah, but I can't remember swearing silence to any of them. But um, uh, do you have any stories about haunted? So, oh, that would tie things together thematically. That would just really. Uh... Uh, we've been some. <laughs> we, we've been some interesting places, that's for sure. But uh, as far as the uh, my ratings for on the Hearn scale, um, I like the music. Uh, Jeff and Tracy will attest to how I'm a simple man. I like simple music, and this to me was a very simple song. They had elements of um, of a little bit of country in there to kind of throw it in a certain direction, and um, uh, I, I kind of like the doo doo doos in there because you know why overcomplicate it? You don't need to overcomplicate awesomeness. So uh, for me, it was a good song. I would definitely have this on my playlist. So, is it one of my top rankers? I'm not sure yet. So, I, I think um, I think what's 
I think I'm going to go with like a 4.3. It's it's up there, but it's not like, oh my god, I gotta call my mother, who's dead by the way. So uh, that makes it weird. Um, but uh, that's that's. Well, you just took the air out of the room with that. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to communicate wow. with a Ouija board, but um, so that's that's what I was. Oh uh, yeah, I kind of did, didn't I? Mom, Sorry, mom, listeners. I'm doing Sorry, the podcast. podcast. I've informed you to leave. <laughs> There's your shoes. That was, There's the door. That's just got really dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark song. So it's it's true. Stop throwing the plates around. Stop. Mm. I'm just kidding. Uh, you got a joke. You know. <laughs> My mom's a poltergeist. This fall on the CW. They're, they're going to have sense of humors <laughs> over there too. So right. Yeah. All right. It's all good. So I guess I'm on the haterade tonight. Um, so leave. Uh, um, I do. I mean, I love the sentimentality of it. I love the fact that, um, you know, I, I always respect a, a song. It's hard to rank a song that's a true story about uh, a loved one's death because you want to be fair. I mean, you don't want to say anything, uh, um, uh, you know, that could come off wrong. And, and uh, I do love the song. I love the idea behind it. Um, lyrically, there's some good moments in here for me. Um uh, the verses I love, I, I like I said before, uh, Kevin's playing on the song is fantastic. Um, Ed's playing on the song. Uh, vocally, Ed's doing a, an amazing job here, too. I love that wraparound at the end uh, with Steve's verses. A um, couple things that just uh, never quite gelled with me as much as they should. And I love Stunt, too. Stunt was, is, um, you know, um, obviously up there as any, any B&L fan's favorite album. Um, it's just a fantastic album. It's right between two uh, really strong songs. Um but for me, the musical uh, styling of it, I, I'm not sure for it, it worked as well for me, and I'm not a huge fan of the doo-doo-doos. I, I, I wish something else would have been there to kind of sell the verses, the strong verses that they had there. Um, so I got to go I gotta go lower on this one. Um, I think there's enough to keep it on the higher end for me, but I'm, I'm below Chris, and I got to give this a 3.1, Kevin Hearns. And Tracy, Tracy is not here to write down that score, so I'll put it here. He'll listen to it. He'll be fine. There he is. Are the scores on a separate uh-huh. spreadsheet? <laughs> he's he's got a spreadsheet. Yeah, he's got a spreadsheet in front of him where he has all the rankings and everything. Oh yeah, all the rankings. Yeah, at the end of the year, we actually go back and we look at it and released? we can revisit our rankings. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so whatever rankings we pick during the year, we have a chance to change them at the end. For yeah, nice. Wait. We'll rethink the song, Ashton. Mm-hmm. Because our, our opinions usually change once we uh, break down the song. We listen to the lyrics and we read the lyrics and then we find the context of the song. <sighs> our, our our opinions change as we're doing these podcasts. And that's what's oh, really yeah. cool about it. Yeah. We usually gain think, a much greater... I think we've been finding kind of the same thing with our show, too. As you talk and you learn more about it. I, I do find that's true. If you find out some background information, you find out some things you didn't know, you could, could definitely evaluate your ranking. Um, it's cool too because with Tracy doing the rankings, he can kind of see where we're ranking, you know, songs on different albums, and say, you know, you're really hitting this album high, you're hitting this album low, that kind of thing. So it's really, really cool to be able. I, I love that he does that because it's really cool for us to kind of see where we've been throughout the, you know, all this time. Um, Absolutely, that's good that you rec- that you recognize that. I appreciate that. I think I, it's I, I love you, Tracy. For- if I haven't told you today, I love you for who you are. Oh, I mean, I, I talk smack, but you know, 
All, all my all my weird bits. So, I, I apologize. You would think after 160 episodes, I would have this technology thing down, but it seems to want, you would, want to keep kicking me off. Tonight. You would think so, but I've also been with you do working on things where you've turned off your can your computer with your knee about four times. So. Okay. Trying to film a video. You're never going to let me live that no. down. Never going to no, let me live that down. No, I'm not going to let you. <laughs> As we have established, this episode is haunted. So if there's also like an ethereal sixth voice when it comes time to post-production, uh, you know, we'll just roll with it, I guess. <laughs> that has happened. That happened when we were interviewing Enid. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of cool. There was actually when I was recording that, when I was editing it later on, I came back and I sent Enid a thing. I said, was there anything going on in the background of your episode? Because there's this really weird voice that keeps popping up. And she's like, no, there was no one else even in the apartment that day. Huh. Wow. I was like, okay, that's wow. really odd. Like all of a sudden, like this this like voice starts laughing at certain points and like jumping in, but you can barely hear what's being said. And it was it was really freaking for our for our ghost. We we gotta call Robert Stack so I was trying to get my my thoughts on this song, and my computer didn't want me to. So I'm going to give it a try again for a third time here. So I, I don't know if you um, heard my I ranking, re- but it was a 3.1. 3.1? Yeah. So as of now, I'm on okay. the Haterade. You, and you're going to remain there. I will there remain too. on the Haterade. Okay. All right. And l- unless Aaron gives me a different number later on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a much higher than a three point okay. one. I I love this album, and because of that, I think this song has pretty much come along with it. Uh, I I really enjoy this song, and when I went back through, and I was looking at the four point the the fours, I was like, oh, like a little more than this one, like a little less than that, like a little bit more than A. But I don't like this song more than Am I the Only One, which is the other song about this topic um interestingly enough so i'm gonna have to give this song a 4.4 just say you like the song more than a yes that's a good ranking dude you have wounded me deep i like most songs (laughs) wow that's <laughs> and log out of Zoom. <laughs> Mic drop. Oh, I feel so Tracy, I feel beaten. <laughs> for appearances for this week, I do want to throw out there that Ed during this time has been working with Donovan Wood to write some songs. Uh, Donovan has recorded some of them and has put them on. One of which was Man Made Lake, which you can hear Ed and Donovan's song online i want to say that either man-made wood or god uh there's another one i i didn't write it down this week it's i was going to use it for next week's um but the other one that he also wrote with with donovan i have seen one of those two names on the set list of when they're recording the next album so my guess is that it one of those will actually be on the next album that bnl is releasing uh, I have. I am so extremely excited. Donovan Woods is one of my favorite, like, current singer songwriters. That's that's awesome. That's amazing. Have that's you heard really their, the new song "Man Made Lake"? No, I have not. I, I highly encourage everyone to go out and listen to it. It's really cool. 
Yeah, and he, uh, Donovan Woods, amazing musician, and he is also married uh, to a woman named Meredith, who is an amazing sketch comedian that uh, Ephraim and I did a few shows with a few years ago back in Toronto. So shout out to her as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the first time I heard Donovan Woods was when he was the musical guest at Sunday yeah. Night Live. In that, that would yeah. have been mine too. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's like a we it's like a weekly like Saturday Night Lifestyle sketch comedy show in in Toronto that uh, a bunch of friends of ours were were a, a big part of. But yeah, I think that was back before Donovan Woods had like did, yeah yeah that was cool cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know the Canadians have the best sense of humor. I mean, we all know that that Second City is is where it's at, and then of course, you know, Kids in the Hall. So which is when coming it comes back to humor, Canada's got it. I'm just, I don't mean to go but, on a side note. Um, have we opened up yeah, the podcast do. to um, uh, welcoming our listeners' votes on what they would rank a song? Are our listeners doing that? Oh, wow. So I like the idea, and I've been messing around with that idea. I think we should talk a little bit more off, okay. off recording yeah. how to do it because um, – and ter- I have to learn some of the technology on on how to get our listeners to rank uh, three hundred plus songs. We can, well, we can um, start from now. I would say like an average ranking, like the average audience rank is this. Gotcha. That's that's okay. what I would think. So, how do they get a hold of our podcast anyway? So, before we get to how they can get a hold of us, I want them to know how they can get a hold of fully uh, of clothed men discussing bare naked ladies. That's true too. How do they do that, where can, Tracy? Where can people listen where can to we more find of you, you and, and your clothes? Uh, so you can find clothed men discuss bare naked ladies, which, yes, is Ephraim and myself oh. discussing what we're wearing and uh, the album in question of that week. Um, we are on Anchor, uh, and you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts at that stage. Um, we release new episodes every other Friday. Uh, as of this recording, we will have just dropped everything to everyone. Uh, and you can also follow our Twitter at CMDBNL. Uh, Ephraim, anything I'm missing here? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much all the ways that you can find uh, our show. And you should listen to it. We think we're all right. No, you guys are amazing. I love listening to it every time it comes on. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. The only one at this this time that I have not downloaded and listened to was Maroon. And that's just because we were on vacation for the last week from school. And I have no time to listen to it when I'm at home. I listen in the car. So I will listen to all of them but one, apparently. Yes, yeah, so um, everyone uh, listening, everyone <laughs> listening uh, should listen to all of them. Jeff, you can skip. Maybe you should drive. Okay, all right. How do you, yeah, I do want to ask though. How do you feel about life in a nutshell? One of my favorite songs. Okay, all right, all right, we're good. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, skip right. to that. Part. <laughs> no, that's, that's a huge favor for me, for me too. Um, I am curious though. Uh, let's say that you're a BNL podcast that didn't wake up one day and say, "I want to spend the next 300 episodes of my life doing songs." Uh, every song they ever wrote and you're doing albums. So what's the game plan then, you know, when you get done with the album to continue going? Do you have any plans there? (laughs) Uh, We didn't actually, we hadn't really made any plans so far because so far we were going to do like the 15 studio albums and then maybe do like a Christmas episode Mm -hmm. and a kid's album episode and maybe like a then odds and ends, anything that we like find important that fell through the cracks. Um, But after that, like I think, by the time we get to the end of the season, we'll kind of think like, eh, do we want this to be a limited series or do we want to pick another band? Do we want to pick a different topic entirely? Do be an um, so it, it, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. like yeah. So it, it it might be just a limited series that's like fifteen to eighteen episodes, or we might we'll do it on going. Kevin Hearn and yeah. the Thin Buckles because we just found out that that was a band as of a couple of weeks ago. Oh well, you got the Cregan brothers too. Same you Cregans and yeah, yeah. Was well, so we we said something about like oh no we like Kevin's tracks but I mean you know he's not really a front man and then a buddy of mine who was listening to the show he's like actually he is <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Um, and then we had to issue a correction at the beginning of our next episode after I had listened to a couple Thin Buckle records. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're right. I'm, yep, yep, no, we'll walk that back. Retraction. Our episodes are full of retractions, but maybe you should listen anyways. <laughs> exactly, yes. Make sure you guys go out to listen to Don't Talk Dance, too. Like, Tyler's got his own breakout group. Again, also mm-hmm. did not know that yes. until right now. One yeah. album. Wait, uh, yeah, Andy, Andy Cregan has a solo career. Then they have the Cregan brothers. Brothers Cregan, yeah. Um, then you have the cousins <laughs> with Kevin and Harland. Uh, <laughs> Stop! You guys could do it forever. We're not going to go forever, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's like another three hundred. You realize songs. how many albums they could release between now and Z? Why? Why? <laughs> Uh, but this is this is really fun, and we really appreciate you uh, you guys having us on. Yes, thanks for coming. It was great. Oh, yeah, it was de- definitely it was great. Come mm-hmm. back anytime. Yeah, yes, it's been anytime. A ton of fun, come back. Guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. Anytime um, you want to discuss a song you've already discussed. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question for you guys. So, uh, Jeff, uh, <laughs> I was, I'm not sure we're going to talk to the guest. Jeff, what what's the legal age for drinking in? In uh, Pennsylvania, it's the same as it is all over the nation, I believe. Okay, so it's twenty-one. 21. Okay, so um, oh, you're setting Ephraim, up a you're setting up a pun. I get it. Never mind. <laughs> I do you think by now I would know this, but Ephraim, what is the legal age for for drinking in in Canada? Uh, it is nineteen years of age in Ontario, uh, and last time I checked, it's still eighteen in Manitoba and maybe one or two other provinces. Okay. Chris, what, what about down in Australia? Uh, you know, it's more of a guideline in Australia, but no. <laughs> but, 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 but legally, eighteen across. Legally, eighteen. You don't have the you don't have the beer in the bottles down there, and the nipples, and and the babies are drinking out of it down there. No. Not yet, but million dollar patent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just wondering because you know Uh-oh. I wanted to know what the legal age at a variety store was. Because that's what we're discussing next week. Is we're discovering discussing BNL's cover of the Rio Static song. Wow, we are deep cutting it next week, aren't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that setup was a journey, man. That yes. Was, I, I was no with you every step it of the way. It was very sweaty, but but I appreciated it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our world. <laughs> I had no other way of getting to that one. <laughs> It can take a while, it can drain you, but eventually you do get there, and... (laughs) Well, thank you guys very much for coming on the show. It has been a real pleasure. Yes, same thing to you guys. This is awesome. (laughs) Take care, guys. Hey, you too. (laughs) Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 